welcome to the Greg Dwyer Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your host, motivational speaker Greg Dwyer. Be sure to check out Greg at www.gregdwyer.com. That's www.gregdwyer.com. Now on to our show. Take it away, Greg. You better watch out. Well, today we're talking about traditions around the holiday. And I titled this, You Better Watch Out. You know, when people think about Christmas, they have many different things running through their mind. They have pictures, they have smells, bells. Just the other day, I was walking through a nursery and they had all these pine trees. And I got to tell you, it brought me right back to the 60s and 70s where I grew up in New Fairfield and they had Christmas trees and they had ornaments and I got to tell you it's like I was in a time machine you got the smells you got uh, the sounds of the bells ringing and you got the lights there's so much going on during the December month here in the Northeast where it's really dark and people are thinking about Christmas and the holidays today I want to talk about a little bit behind it all and the meaning of it all and certainly we're not going to be able to cover everything but uh, I'm hoping uh, that my friend Jeff Belanger will be able to come on the podcast before Christmas and to really do a deep dive on this topic about a year ago he was talking about this topic and talking about the fact that he came um, to this knowledge of the meaning of Christmas and he had uh, an idea to write a book about it and I'm holding in my hand uh, the book that he created uh, which just came out which is on Amazon it's called the fright before Christmas which is kind of a strange title for a Christmas book you know you certainly wouldn't give it to a child uh, the title is the fright before Christmas but when you think about it there is a dark side to Christmas now it all depends on what you mean by Christmas I just got done doing uh, 22 shows Halloween shows in the tri-state area and uh, I opened my lecture by talking about Halloween saying well it all depends on what you mean by Halloween and I talked about the fact that some people don't take Halloween seriously other people they don't participate other people they go into it uh, with all their heart you know and so you it all depends on what you mean by Halloween well when it comes to Christmas and it comes to holidays around the month of December I guess it really depends on what you mean by Halloween we have uh, probably come into contact with people that get very stressed out during the season or they get depressed during the season because you know they're thinking about how things used to be you know 30 years ago or 40 years ago and uh, how that's not possible today you know I think about my how uh, my Christmas celebrations in the 60s and 70s with my family big Italian family at my grandparents 32 people all sitting in the basement of my grandparents you know and eating and celebrating well I have to say those days are gone in fact most of those people are gone but come to find out if you really look at the holiday or the celebration of Christmas and the December holidays around the 21st to the 25th there's a lot of darkness behind it you know and we know the 
the song, you better watch out, there's consequences, Santa Claus is coming to town, uh, you better be good. Now, things have changed over the last couple hundred years, but when we look at this, in fact, I, I can't put this book down, I, I picked it up about a week ago and I'm almost halfway through it, is there's a, there's a dark side to Christmas, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Uh, when Jeff did his lecture uh, that I attended last week, he talked about the fact that the winter months are scary times. You know, you're going into November, December, January, February, and here in the Northeast, it's really dark. It's really cold. And 100 years ago or 200 years ago, people were really generally concerned. Did they have enough food? Did they have enough resources? Were they going to make it through the winter? Were, were they going to live, right? And so when I talked about Halloween in my lecture, I talked about the fact that divination was really important because they wanted to know if they were going to survive November, December, January, February. Well, come to find out, that same thought is brought to Christmas. You know, we know of the lyrics of the song that talks about scary ghost stories. We also know the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, Christmas Carol, about the four ghosts that visit him. So there's a lot to Christmas if we really look deep and study the history of some of these things and not just take it on the surface level. Now, obviously, if you just want to go with surface, that's fine. But what I've uncovered is um, really refreshing. He talks in, in the book on three things. The first one is hope, the second one is fear, and the third is redemption. Hope. Now, if you go to church, the focus is Advent, this idea of, you know, light coming back and hope and maybe if you went to a church today they they lit an advent wreath one of the candles and then next week will be in another one that's two then three then four and then finally you know around christmas time um the whole wreath the wheel will be lit well this is a common theme that predates christianity and it's this idea that we are in the dark of winter but that's not going to last forever. Light is going to return. Light is going to come back, right? And that's, that's the winter solstice. And so if you really boil it down and you take away um, all of the trappings of Christmas, and, you know, people argue, should you say happy holidays or Merry Christmas, and people are very um, passionate about the celebration of Christ and keeping Christ in Christmas. Yes, I understand all of that passionately. However, the one thing that unites everyone, I would think, when it comes to Christmas is that we have to agree on the fundamentals, and the fundamentals are this. It's the winter solstice. You know, on the 21st or the 22nd, it is the longest night. The, the sun stays still, and uh, there's this thinking, you know, is there going to be light? Is there going to be redemption? Is there going to be hope? And so from the 21st to the 24th or the 25th, for our ancestors, that was the focus. So scary times. You know, Jeff, when he gave his lecture, he talked about the fact that he loves Halloween and Halloween is a scary time of year. But then he went on to say Christmas is a scary time of year. Now think about all of the shows and all of the movies and 
all of the plays that you've seen around Christmas. What's the major theme? The major theme is Christmas might not happen. Or the Grinch that steals Christmas, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to be. So you have all of this dichotomy or uh, tension between light and darkness and good and evil. And so what comes on the scene, and this is what I want to talk about today, in fact, he talks about it in the book, is Krampus. Now, today is the 3rd of December. In a few days, uh, there are some people in Germany and Vienna and places in Switzerland that the focus is on this mythical figure called Krampus. And what Krampus does is he works alongside St. Nicholas, and he comes to punish the children. (laughs) Uh, And it's interesting because this ties into the theme of redemption, which is part of the Christmas season, part of the Christmas message. And the next day is St. Nicholas Day, which is December 6th, not to be confused with Santa Claus. Uh, This is a bishop historic figure. Uh, that visits visits children, brings them goodies like uh, chocolate and nuts, and uh, rewards them for being good. You better watch out. You better not cry. Why? Well, Santa Claus is coming to town. We all know that. But Krampus comes along with Santa Claus to punish. Now, this is the, uh, the dark side of the holiday, which most people, I'm sure, don't celebrate. But it's interesting to know a little bit about it and realize that with the light, uh, there's also the darkness. Uh, The other day, I posted on Facebook or social media um, a a cartoon of Krampus, and one of my uh, classmates from college said, boy, that's kind of dark. Well, if you think about it, December, January, the holidays, it is kind of dark. You know, and some people are depressed and some people are anxious. Uh, at the same time, there's also hope and there's light. I mean, take the movie A Christmas Carol. Here is a man that's focusing all on money, all on success, and then four ghosts visit him and uh, bring him a message so that he changes his way. You know, the first one is Jacob Marley. He tells him, you know, you got to change your ways. And he's chained up with all of these chains, and he's uh, challenging Ebenezer to change his way, right? And then the, the three ghosts appear, giving him you know, almost a Dickens pattern in the sense that he can change his ways by, by looking at his past and looking at his present and looking at the future to change the future. Again, the story is redemption, understanding the darkness, realizing that there may be hope, and then changing uh, the ways. So I want to play something for you. This is a, uh, it's a little poem that Jeff put together. I think you'll like it. It is called The Fright Before Christmas. I'll let you listen in. Was the fright before Christmas and all through the house. Many creatures were stirring, but it wasn't the mouse. Krampus was there yanking brats out of their beds as Belschnickel beat Billy upside the head. The Thompson lay hid, watching the whole affair, while Greeland dragged Sally, based on her hair. The Yule lad scampered, stealing all that they believed, while scared children say, Five on their knees. Then the car conquered its shape shifted in claws, then Uncle Larry's back, and he 
go on YouTube, you can actually uh, type in Twiz, Twiz, The Fright Before Christmas, uh, a poem by Jeff Belanger. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously this is not a popular uh, mindset around Christmas. People are partying and they're drinking and they're celebrating and they're seeing lights and they're opening presents and they're buying presents and giving presents. But you kind of have to step back and say, why? Okay, the birth of Christ. I get it. But even before that, you know, this season of winter and celebration and the winter solstice has been around long uh, before the birth of Christ. And so what is the reason for this behavior? Fear. It's to put a damper on fear. What do people do, right, when they're afraid, well, maybe they drink or maybe they party or they hang out with people or they, they gather, you know, with friends and family, you know, especially during the winter. You know, I'm thinking hundreds of years ago, what did people do? Let me go to your house. You come to my house. Let's celebrate. Let's drink. Let's party. Why? Because it's a scary time, very scary time. It's cold. Uh, there's a lot of snow. People might freeze. Things might happen. Um, and so a lot of what we do, a lot of our traditions, I'm not saying, you know, Krampus, but, but think about the Grinch, you know, think about the Grinch who wants to steal Christmas. You know, he's kind of that dark figure um, that is uh, working against the Christmas spirit. So you have these, uh, these dualities working in concert. And when you really step back and start looking at all of these things that predate Christianity, especially when you connect it around the, the winter solstice, it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, in, in parts of the North Pole or parts of the world where it's really dark around the 21st, 22nd, parents would tell their kids, don't go outside. Don't go outside because it's scary. And they were telling their children for good reason, because it was so dark and so cold and so windy and so snowy that they might, they might not live, you know, and maybe the monsters will get them. So people would tell these stories uh, to warn their children. And, of course, you know, these are the ghost stories that are connected with Christmas. I know it sounds strange, but with the light, there's also the darkness and there's tales that predate Christianity. So let's do this. Let's take a fast commercial. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You've been listening to the Greg Dwyer Radio Show, brought to you by motivational speaker Greg Dwyer on buildingfortunesradio.com. Do you wish you could sharpen your focus on what matters most to you and achieve more? Then you owe it to yourself to read Greg's ebook at gregdwyerebook.com. That's www.gregdwyerebook.com. Download it today and give it away. As always, we want to thank you for listening to the Greg Dwyer Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with motivational speaker Greg Dwyer.
Now back to our show. Take it away, Greg. Okay, we're talking about Christmas, and uh, we're talking about Jeff's book called The Fright Before Christmas and focusing on uh, some of the imagery around Christmas and why people do what they do. There are a lot of traditions, a lot of traditions that are completely pagan. Nothing wrong with it. But when you look at it, you realize that it predates Christianity. And what the church did in most cases is they adopted it uh, and, and they, they baptized it, if you will. Um, and, and the interesting thing is we're talking about the fright before Christmas and understanding that there are consequences to this, you know. Now, it's interesting. When I, when I went to the lecture, Jeff was talking about the fact that there's a big difference between St. Nicholas, which is celebrated in, you know, Germany and and Europe on the 6th of December, and Santa Claus. And I never really understood this. I mean, I've heard it before, but he really made it clear in in this regard. He said, okay, there were many European traditions around, you know, Krampus and other monsters and, you know, telling the kids they better be behaving or there's going to be consequences. But again, when a lot of that came to America and during the Depression, a lot of that went away. And the reason why it went away is because Santa Claus was picked up by Coca-Cola. He, you know, the, the, the jolly guy with the beard and the red suit, the reindeer and, and, and all of that. I mean, there's other influences as well. But, but most of all, what made that popular was Coca-Cola. And with that, during the Depression, was an understanding that the only way you're going to get out of this is by spending, by commercialism, right? So, you know, think about this. In the 1700s, the 1800s, if you had shoes, if you had pants and a shirt and a chalkboard and a few things, that's all you really needed. You just needed the bare minimum, you know, a couple hundred years ago, right? Well, my father lived through the Depression, I, I didn't, but, you know, I heard stories about it. What they realized is, you know, the only way to get out of this is to spend. And so companies looked at Santa Claus and said, hey, you know, Coca-Cola doesn't own him. You know, we can use this guy for our branding. And so this is how Santa Claus became very popular. And with it, this idea of buy, consume, buy, consume, buy, consume. I'm not going to mention names, but I remember one day I was invited uh, over to someone's house. I'm not going to get into details. And it was Christmas Eve, and I think I got there like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. And the kids were beginning to open up their presents. It took hours, hours, you know, finally about 8 o'clock after watching this for like two hours. I said, I got dinner plans. I have to leave. Box after box after box after box. I kid you not. You know, we're talking probably, I want to guess, $5,000 worth of presents. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it was just, it was insane. So in the last 100 years or so, this idea of, you know, Krampus or, you know, consequences and being, oh, you know what, you were bad this year, so you're not going to get anything. You know, Santa's not going to bring you anything. You know, we don't have to buy much. We're probably not even going to put up a tree. That went out the window. All of that, you know, the balance sheet of good and bad and and the consequences for your actions, and you might not get anything, that went away. And the reason why it went away 
is because they wanted to dig themselves out of a depression. And so, you know what, you got to have the next iPhone, you have to have the, the, the greatest sneakers, new clothes, you have to have new clothes. And so when you look at this and you look at the consumerism that goes on during this holiday, and of course people are depressed or they're anxious or, you know, it's like I got to buy stuff for my kids. And then, you know, then they go into debt in January and try to pay it off in January, February, March. But if you understand the history, and this is what Jeff does in, in this book. I highly recommend this book. I think, I think the first printing is almost uh, gone. I don't know if you can get a chance. But his last name is B-E-L-A-N-G-E-R. His first name is Jeff, and it's called The Fright Before Christmas. We did a podcast a year ago. I'm hoping to have him back uh, now that the book is out. But the reason why I'm talking about this is not because, you know, I'm this great fan of Krampus. Um, I mean, in a sense, I am. I kind of do like it. In fact, years ago, I was leading a Christmas um, tour in Vienna, and it was wonderful. It was a river cruise. And, you know, we got off the boat and went down to the Christmas markets, which was wonderful. We did it in Germany. It was a great trip. I still remember it. 2016. And as I walked down to Vienna, I got these ornaments. And it's a wooden ball like the size of my fist of my hand. And, and these are hand-painted. And one of them says St. Nick, and it says Vienna 2016. And it has this bishop on the front of this ball that you would hang on a tree. And then the other one is Krampus. And it says Krampus 2016, and it's got this wild guy with sticks in his hand, and he's got some horns, and uh, I have it as well. And then I also, on the trip, I think it was in Germany, I bought a St. Nicholas pottery, and I also bought a Krampus pottery. Uh, so the, the reason why I'm talking about this is I do think a lot of people just get caught up in the season of the holiday, you know, which is nothing wrong with that. You bring in the tree or you bring in, you know, your celebrations and you have all these things. But why are we doing these things? And what is behind all of these things? And, you know, there's this big argument. You see it on social media. Christmas is a pagan holiday. The church stole it. You know, what came first, the chicken and the egg and all of this nonsense? It doesn't make any sense to me, really, like who got there first. I think the one thing that is the common denominator for the holiday is the winter solstice. You know, I, in fact, the last thing I said to Jeff last week when I saw him give his presentation, I said, you know, people can argue about different ceremonies and rituals and what they're going to celebrate during the December month, right? But I think we all can agree that the days are getting darker and colder and the sun is going away and December 21st, the longest night, is kind of a scary thing for our ancestors. And when you realize that all of these traditions have been built upon that, right? St. Nick is coming to see you on December 6th and if you were bad the night before, uh, his co-partner in crime is going to weed out all the bad children. There are, there are consequences. And when you see this as hope, fear, and redemption, it makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. I mean, especially when you get to January, and, you know, January comes from the, the god of Janus. It's the bird looking to the right and to the left. It's looking to the past and looking to the future. 
many people I know don't make New Year's Eve resolutions anymore these days, but it's this idea of reflecting upon your life. Have you been a good person? Uh, what have you done this year? Wasn't that a song by the Beatles? You know, what have, what have you done? It's another Christmas year or another, you know, it's Christmas. What have you done with it? And, and so I think there, there are these fundamental concepts that are deep in our blood and our, our heritage, especially if we're from Europe, which most of us are, you know, originally. Uh, my parents are from um, Italy and, and Ireland. But when you go up, you know, north and Germany and Austria, Switzerland, these traditions are, are coming back, you know, in some places, or they've never left. And they're starting to become somewhat popular um, in the States as people begin to talk about it. But again, the reason for me talking about this is I think a lot of people, they struggle during this time of year. They struggle with maybe anxiety or with depression or the fact that, you know, things are not what they used to be. Well, I have to tell you, when I began to look at this maybe about five, six years ago and start, you know, peeling back the onion and looking at these different traditions around Christmas, Christmas trees and the lights and the, the parties and the gifts and the alcohol and all of this stuff, I realized that what really matters is getting past our fears and having hope and being redeemed. Now, whether that's a spiritual redemption or a psychological redemption like Ebenezer Scrooge or one of my favorite movies, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. Like, you know, you look at that guy, George Bailey, and, you know, there's a transformation that goes on. And the same thing happens with Scrooge. You know, people argue, we got to put Christ back in Christmas and the church and paganism. Okay, I get that argument. But what if we were just to step back and look at the big picture and agree, agree on what we all can agree on? And that is that we live in spring, summer, and fall, but we survive winter. We survive it. Now, I know we have heat in our cars and heat in our house, and we go to the grocery store anytime we want, but I will tell you, winter is scary. The darkness is scary. The boogeyman is out there. And so this thinking is still in our psyche, and that's, I think, the reason why we celebrate. That's the reason why we gather with friends. That's the reason why we put the lights up in the house and we bring the evergreen inside the house because we're looking for hope. We're looking for hope that we're going to get past these dark days, these cold days. We're going to connect with people that we love so that if something goes wrong, I can rely on you, you can rely on me, and we're going to get through this together, and then there's going to be light at the other side of the tunnel. So I think you need a Krampus. I think you need the fear. I think you need the boogeyman. I think you need the guy that's going to tap on your door and is going to uh, challenge you to see if you were a good boy or a good girl. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this one more time. Was the fright before Christmas and all through the house. Many creatures were stirring, but it wasn't the mouse. Krampus was there yanking brats out of their beds as Belschnickel beat Billy upside down. The top that lay hit watching the whole affair while Grievous drank down. The new lad's skimper, stealing all that they see, 
offended. I think it's wonderful. I think when you understand that there's a duality, there's light, there's darkness, there's stories, scary ghost stories around the campfire, maybe we bring this back or maybe we don't, but maybe we just understand the heritage and the background and so that we can appreciate what this is all about, which is hope, fear, and redemption. We will talk to you next week. Make it a great week. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Greg Dwyer Radio Show, brought to you by motivational speaker Greg Dwyer on buildingfortunesradio.com. Check out Greg at gregdwyer.com. Be sure to download his ebook at gregdwyerebook.com to stay focused on what matters most to you. That's www.gregdwyerebook.com. We want to thank you for listening. Now go make a difference in your world.